Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. The price you paid for my life God's perfect sacrifice Sufficient for me The blood of God to atone My sin you made your own you have set me free You alone have risen You alone have saved us You alone have rescued us from the grave Glory you reign now All creation cries out You alone are king You alone Good Saturday afternoon to you, Treasure Valley. My name is Mark Rennick. This is Victory Over Sin. First part of this show is what we do is explain who we are and who we're funded by. Victory Over Sin is funded by the Southwest Council for St. Vincent de Paul. And for them, we educate you, the Idahoan, about what it's like to come out of incarceration or to be on parole in this state. Uh, We do that in several different ways. One is this radio show that's on every Saturday afternoon. If you go to the archives of KBXL, you can find all the shows. We've been doing this for a little over two years now. So we've got a real benefit of people, professional people who have been on the show and you can gain from their expertise. We've also got people who've been in the system who've come out and shared their story. We've got elected officials. You can go back and find out almost anything you need to know about the Department of Corrections by listening to the people who've come as guests on our show. We have one of those guests coming up here in a minute to help us kind of understand some directions for us in the future. We also have a PowerPoint that we are happily able to share with your service group, with your church, with your business, if you will. It's about a 20-minute PowerPoint that will come out, and it's presented by a returning citizen themselves, in which we highlight some of the issues that affect those of us who have been incarcerated and who are coming out. It's a real interesting thing, program, and it's meant to go about 20 minutes, and then they answer some questions about what it's like, it's meant to be thought-provoking. So if you're interested in that, or if you're driving around and you're interested in kind of supporting us, towards the end of the show, I'll let you know how to get in touch with me, and I will be happy to set you up with that. Uh, we've had some interesting time. This last week, we had an open house for a new office that we in which we greet people as they come out of incarceration, and we're going to talk about that specifically in our show today. But we're happy to be to tell you that we are now at 8620 West Emerald Boulevard, Suite 140. It's a nice office. Come by. We're there 9 to 12. If you are listening to us in the desert and you need a ride to that facility, we'll be happy to do that. If you're listening to us in the desert and your family is picking you up, we want you there immediately right after. We've got some resources and some connections for you upon your release. We're excited about that. We're still excited about uh, the rest of the year. It's going to be a very good year. It's been exciting so far, and we look forward to all sorts of good stuff coming. There's still stuff in the legislature that potentially could affect us, and we'll be talking about that as uh, we go forward. The Ban the Box bill still hasn't been introduced, but we're hopeful that that can still make the session. Uh, The other thing that we usually talk about in this intro is that we're closely aligned with an organization called Just Leadership USA, and if you're listening to me in out there in the desert right now, you need to write those guys and get a part of their organization. That is an organization that takes people who have been incarcerated and makes them advocates of the system and advocates for their rights. It's a lot like AARP is to the senior citizen. 
Just Leadership USA looks to be that advocacy organization for those of us who have been incarcerated. And if you don't know this already, you haven't heard me say this in the country, there's 70 million people who are convicted of a felony. So this is a powerful organization in terms of organizing us who have been incarcerated to become better leaders, and that's their specific goal. Again, if you're driving around and you need information about that towards the end of the show, I'll let you know how to reach me, or you can call the station. We'll hook you up with those sorts of things. I'm excited about our guest today, and we will be right back. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. Okay, we're back, uh, and I'm excited to uh, welcome April Neal into the uh, studio today. Welcome, April. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You are actually a listed as, uh, as I looked your bio up here, a media planner, business consultant, and I understand the only TV critic in the state of Idaho. I am. It's hard only. to get together as a group then and celebrate or anything like that, or there's no, there's no union or anything like there that? There is. Oh, is um, the Television you? Critics Association, I meet twice a year in Los Angeles for two weeks. We're, for a month of my life, I'm in Los Angeles. Um, either at the Beverly Hilton or the Langham Pasadena and oh, with all nice. other TV critics like Christy Turnquist at the oh, Oregonian man. or, uh, you know, people in California, lots of people in California, but people all over the country and Canada. And we are presented. Um, it's like a dog and pony show from all the networks for the Television Critics Association. And we're like literally in the hotel for two weeks. And they have parties at night, and but panels all day long. And this is an opportunity for us to interview people and to see what the networks are. And when I say networks, I'm talking about all of them. All and of you, them. Yeah, Amazon, Netflix, That's ABC, right. NBC, Showtime, HBO, all the discoveries, all the, you know, own, uh, you name it. Um, what a gig. I love yeah, that. That's well, fantastic. You know, it's, it's, it's sometimes it's a lot of fun. And then sometimes, you know, you have to suffer through... Uh, you know, E presenting a, another iteration of the Kardashians, and you just want to, you know, yeah, you want to yeah. run. Yeah, I can, I can, I can appreciate that. Are you, so, are you a native Idahoan? Or? No, okay. no, I'm from uh, New England. I'm from Massachusetts originally, and I lived in California for about 25 years. Really? What part of California? In Calabasas. Oh, really? That's a, I love it out there. That's yeah. fantastic. I lived in Malibu Canyon. It oh, was incredible. Oh man, that is yes. Yeah, both my sons went to Calabasas High with oh. the Kardashians. There you go. Sadly. <laughs> how did you I, I'm also looking to University of Houston how'd you get to University of Houston my um, well I grew up in Massachusetts and my father was an engineer um, and there was a great huge I'm gonna basically age my or date myself now but um, in the 70s there was a terrible recession in New England for people that were engineers and my father um, you know got his resume together and and got a great job in Miami and we moved to Miami for a year and then 
I loved it there. I loved Miami um, in the in the seventies, and then uh, he got an even better job a year later in Houston, which was going through this huge boom, the first real big wave in the mid seventies, uh, going from a cow town to this yeah, incredible, yeah, like you know, you know, massive humanity. So he went to root uh, to work for Brown and Root, mm. and that's how I got to Houston. So I finished my high school there, and then I went to college, and and uh, yeah, that's how I wound up there. And how'd you get to California? Uh, first husband. There you go. There you go. So that's good. I think that's one of the reasons too. I'm a Midwesterner too, and I just followed some woman to California. I ended up <laughs> staying there 19 years. Right. Yeah. It's uh, that's uh, that's amazing. I love that story. Yeah. You also we I found you through Saint Vincent de Paul, but you mm-hmm. I know we have mutual roots, and you were at Interfaith for a while. Mm-hmm. How did that gig kind of run across with the resume you've got? How did you end up at Interfaith? Well, I I knew I was having a hard time getting any like the Statesman or any of the news organizations, even Boise Weekly. I I couldn't get anyone interested in the fact that I was a television critic, and mm-hmm. to you know even just to do spec. Pieces. I, I got no feedback, so I was really frustrated, and I didn't understand. So I thought, well, you know, I, I need to. When when I came here, I didn't know anyone. I have no family here. I didn't know anyone. So mm-hmm. I, I wanted to. Uh, a friend of mine in the entertainment world said, "Oh, my sister um, is. She runs a homeless shelter, and she does a really great job for Boise. And she's been there a while." And so I got to meet Jody Peterson, who mm-hmm. does incredible work for Interfaith Sanctuary, and and. Uh, I started as a volunteer for them and mm-hmm. then was hired about a month later. And I worked for a solid year, literally one full year. Um, and then I had to leave because I had to put my house on the market. Uh, I had made the decision to sell my property in, in Malibu Canyon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was an undertaking because I had to get the house ready for sale and, and all that. So I had to leave at the end of April. And But it was a really vibe. It was that year we had the snowpocalypse and there was a lot of press that we got for oh, Interfaith. Yeah, right, yeah right. it was tons and uh, it was exciting, you know. We, it's uh, it's hard working with uh, a homeless population because there's many reasons. Just as anyone's incarcerated, there's many reasons why someone is homeless. homeless yeah, that's right. And and um, you know, it, the, the the wins are always big. Yep. You know, when you can you can really help someone, and it's heartbreaking when you can't. Yeah, and she puts up with that so much in terms of. She, she, I can appreciate the fact that what she does is very difficult and that she does it with a flair kind of to make it work and keep going sure. in, in, in the face of stuff that is very, very difficult. Right. Yeah. I had this, um, uh, I always, every time I see her, I always tell her, gosh, I, you know, I love your fiance because <laughs> I'm a Curtis Steiger fan big time. And yeah. I had this interaction with her where we were at Starbucks because downtown, because that's where my mail goes next to that Starbucks down there. And so we're standing there all of a sudden I... I'm in line and I look up and Jody's with uh, there's a lady and then Curtis is there and Curtis turns around and looks at me and I just I figured out who he was and so I said I, I said man I'm a huge fan <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? he's a he's an incredible musician they're really a cool couple and they <laughs> do a are. lot for the city and and uh, my hat goes off to anybody who works with um, the homeless in a, anywhere it's a, it's a hard job it, it really, really is it really really is it is it's a difficult population okay so how did you end up with uh, St. Vincent Paul? Well, when I got back, um, I was just basically, I, you know, I, I write uh, for two different, primarily for two different websites. In my entertainment writing, I write for a, a website based in the UK. And then I was writing for MSN and AOL and, mm-hmm. and different kinds of writing for them. 
and uh, just kind of cool in my heels. I wasn't really um, sure where I wanted to go. And one of the gentlemen that I worked with at Interfaith Sanctuary had splintered off and started his own nonprofit, um, Tim Flaherty. Yeah. And Tim is incredible. He's from Massachusetts, like myself. And we yes. just, we, we worked well together at Interfaith. And I really liked him and his style. And uh, he worked so hard for them. And uh, he started his own nonprofit called Estegos. Yeah. And Estegos does incredible work, again, with the homeless yeah. and and... So I, he asked me, he said, I need help. I have no money, but I need help. And you have those mad skills. And I'm like, okay, I'll help you. <laughs> so um, I did. I started helping him, um, you know, get his events um, to the press and, and, and into the press. And uh, several of them were at the dining hall. And that's how I crossed paths with Ralph May, yeah. who um, – saw me, I guess, working in action and said, we need someone like you. And I said, okay, let's talk. And that's, that's how I came into the St. Vincent fold. And what's cool is that Ralph and Tim work together so beautifully. I mean, they, they um, you know, St. Vincent de Paul is the larger organization, and he's really lifted up Estegos and, and helped them um, get even more, vol- uh, what's the word, credence in the city. Um, you know, because Tim was basically, a, you know, just... Tiny, yeah, tiny, tiny yeah. little organization. And now people see what he's doing. I mean, he's got the Boise Phil working with him. He's incredible. Yeah. And I think what, uh, that's one of Ralph's talents, if you will, too, is to, and he's only been the executive director of uh, St. Vincent Paul for mm, 18 months, maybe something right. like that. And so what he's done, though, is put a, a face where he brings some of the rest of us along. I mean, in terms of, because I was a, I was on the conference for reentry conference, and when he came along, it really did kind of spark. And there was a there was a voice that understood the bigger picture and the broader picture about where we needed to go if we were going to be successful. Right. And so he brings in those outside people rather than saying that you're a volunteer here and I'll move you up. He goes to outside people like uh, Tim and like uh, myself or like somebody else and, and takes those ideas in. So it's not surprising that he would see your talent and say, oh man, how can you help us with that? Yeah. He even does that with even the media guy like uh, you know Grant, who's really good at that kind of stuff. He saw something and he brings those people in. He's not afraid to bring in people who are just as talented as he, more talented than he is to help him with his cause. And that's a, that's a quality of a good leader, I think. And so... Yeah, we're lucky. The city's lucky to have someone like Ralph uh, yep, in charge is. of... And, and the city's honestly very lucky to have St. Vincent de Paul well, and I think uh, that's the, the thing. The good that that, that uh, organization does for say, Boise I, is unreal. You know, I say this uh, when he's not around, but um, he w- we will benefit once with this position because he will be raised to the level where he will be compared to maybe a Bill Roscoe down there and during the work that Bill Roscoe does. And there are more assets actually for St. Vincent de Paul. And they do mm-hmm. more in the community, but they haven't been able to highlight it. And now with an executive director there, who sees with your talents coming along, they will see more of what he does mm-hmm. and it'll get out more favorably. And I'm I'm partial to Ralph because Roscoe and, and Jody, for that matter, do homeless issues, but Ralph's heart and the direction of mm-hmm. this Southwest Conference has been reentry. And so that's where I am. So it's the people coming out of prison that, so I'm linked up strongly with that because of what he does, because of the direction we're headed. And believe me, people like Jody Peterson and uh, Reverend Roscoe appreciate Ralph because Ralph actually helps prevent homelessness. Yeah, that's right. And if we can get people who are coming out of the prison system jobs and supported by their peers and feeling like that they've got a family, almost like a fraternal or, uh, you know, an organization wrapping their arms around them, 
they'll do better, they'll succeed, and they won't wind up homeless. Exactly. And I think, too, the other aspect to it that, that maybe it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, it's like the, because I've been out of prison for eight years, and those of us who work with people's out of incarceration, we are always our separate entities, and we tended not to work together. And so if you model what Ralph does in terms of working together with everybody like that, mm-hmm. and we do that, we, we can only be more beneficial for the entire community. And that's what he does. He does it unselfishly, and he does it going forward. So. Yeah. No, he's, a, he's a great son of Boise yeah, and of Idaho. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So that's cool. We also have another mutual friend, Mark Henry, too. I love um, Mark. Mark, I also worked with at Interfaith Sanctuary, and he and I, he, I, and t- uh, myself, Tim, and Mark were were immediately great friends. Yeah. And I've stayed in touch with Mark. His work, uh, he was incredible in getting the volunteers for Interfaith, and he's uh, with Catholic. He's at St. Paul's now. St. Paul's. Uh, yeah, the youth minister at he's St. Wonderful. Paul's in Nathan. He's just a great person, yeah, and he's from California. And, and yeah. uh, we've had, uh, he's just delightful, and, and, yeah. and we need more Mark Henrys, absolutely. We do, we do, we do. That's cool. Okay, so you're going to tell us about, we had an open house uh, this week. It was exciting. And, and um, you were an integral part in kind of making that a success. Mm-hmm. And um, I was really pleasantly surprised with the turnout, even on a rainy afternoon. Right. Yeah, we did good. I think that people, listen, there's a real sense, I'm going to talk in a macro way okay, right that's now. Good. That's good. Um, society and what we see in the news right now with people getting off because of money, like, the, you know, and I'm not going to name names, but certain actors who pay their way with bonds that are given to the city or actresses and rich, rich people who pay for their children, you know, uh, you know, in shenanigans to get them into these universities uh, with all these schemes. And, and all of us, Average people, we see it. We see it with our eyes, you know, that there's two tiers in this country. There's tiers of people with money and influence and tiers of people who are have none mm-hmm. and have no recourse. And I think that a lot of people understand there's a lot of despair in this country right now. There's a lot of suicide. There's a lot of addiction rates. There's opiate um, abuse. People are medicating because they're in pain. They don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know where to take their talents or what talents they even have mm-hmm. because they've never had a mentor. And the schism between these haves and have-nots is related to all of this thing that we're talking about right. um, because it's, it, 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 it percolates under the, the surface. And we, we, the beauty of what St. Vincent de Paul does is it, it takes average people and it enlightens average people that the small things that you can do, whether it's cleaning out your closets and donating to them so that they have something to sell or donating to them or helping them as a volunteer is a, a way for average people to help other average people get along and not fall in the cracks and not become homeless and have a leg up when they come out of prison mm-hmm. and have a chance to restart their lives. Everybody makes mistakes. Mm-hmm. Some make worse mistakes than others. Mm-hmm. Well, People th- pay the price. They, yeah. they serve time. And they want to come out and they want to, they want to make amends. Yeah. And they want to repair the damage. Everybody does. Yeah, and I think the thing that was classic about yesterday, and, and it's biased because it's, a center I direct, obviously. So, but what St. Vincent de Paul comes along and helps me do is the fact that, and I think the man who dedicated the building, Jim Atkins, did that. He dedicated because it's like what we really try to do is everything you said exactly, but we also try to show when we go out as a Vincentian and express 
the yeah. support and money to people. We always try to support that this is a piece of God coming out there to help you because you're talking to me on a Christian radio station. They're listening to me on a Christian radio station. So that's really the piece that we're trying to put across. And some of the things that you described as are lost in this country, We I can't solve those things. But you know what, Treasure Valley, I can help mm-hmm. these people coming back out. I can provide that light for the people who's coming out and show them that if you hang around the right people, if you hang around the right community, if you... Absolutely. Connect with the church and go to some place like that, or if you come along and volunteer us, or if you hang around St. Vincent de Paul and the food bank, you're going to see a way to touch the people who are at that lower socioeconomical level, and you're going to find people who are just, you're going to see, wow, there's happiness and there's peace in their heart, and this is pretty cool. Yeah. And if you follow that path, then you're going to have that contentment, and then you're going to be able to go forward and get the dreams that you really want. So that's that's... That's the powerful thing about what we did yesterday because you saw there were a lot of people there working for the state that were there. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people there working for organizations that were funded by the state. And we've got something that's really unique there, and it, it really comes across. And I think the representation that you helped us bring out by having people come with the media stuff mm-hmm. was really it was really overwhelming to me. It was really touching. Well, doing you know the publicity for this, I felt was. Um, I was frustrated. I, I, I we, listen. I'm not complaining from the coverage that we got, but it, I felt that to me, what's in the news right now and what's on people's minds here in the Boise area is the use of our money as, as taxpayers. What is it being used for? Um, expanding a library? Yeah. That's already. I'm sorry. The library is lovely, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't really need to be this giant monolith. You know, crazy. $18 million monstrosity, um, a stadium for a city that doesn't have a baseball team. But yeah, you know, a National League team. Um, I've got issues with the jump center, but I'm going to keep my yap shut on that. Uh, you know, you it's already built. I'm sorry? They'll run you out of Idaho if you do. I know. <laughs> I don't want potatoes thrown at me. Um, and, and then now the news that the Capitol, you know, they want remodeling for offices for these people who are there for three months of the year yeah. because I think one of the legislators said last night on KTBB, she said that she, if she wants to have a private call with a constituent, she's there's no privacy. When there's a, a million private conference rooms in that place, I've yeah. walked it, I've been in it a million times, there's plenty of places to have a private yeah. conversation. It's ludicrous. Well, and again, I think we before we went on the air, we were complaining certainly about the direction in terms of stuff that's happening with the department. Obviously, that's good. But also, a year ago, we didn't have the center. I got the center now. A year ago, I, right. I had And taxpayers blows. didn't pay for it, did they? No, but I think the cool thing about it is we have made some progress. And I think that's the thing that we have to take. And I think the thing that there are people, are, the good, good portion of the people who are listening to me right now are incarcerated. And what I need them to know, or they're out driving around, probably not making as much as they should. And what I need to help them understand, and what you can help me do, I think, over time, mm-hmm. is to say, you can help us do this, and you can help us fix this, okay? And uh, what you need to do is get involved. And so what you need is get involved, get in touch with us, tell your story to a legislator. Right. Uh, come talk to us about it. Go through one of our trainings, if you will, as we support. Listen to the the information that April's going to share with us as you can get involved and then things can start to change because sure. last year we didn't have a center five years ago the thought of something like what you saw this week uh, would, would have been a dream and it was a dream for a lot of people mm-hmm. but it's now coming to fruition and we're on our way and we got some bills in this year next year we'll do more 
So we just need help, and that's we just need, and we also need this the general population, people may, who are maybe not involved in the prison system, yep, who just true. live here in Boise, to understand that this is great financial sense. It does. It, may, it this is investing in people who are going to add to this. They become contributing citizens. They become Absolutely. taxpayers, Absolutely. and they don't. And and this is good financial sense for Boise yep. to to support. A center, not with taxpayer dollars. You, there's other ways to do it, but you know that helps people get a leg up. And I think too, it's the um, you help me uh, say essentially what we've been saying all along. Just as more people have an understanding of the way the system works, the more they want to get involved, and the more they can fix it because that's the groundswell that's going to work. It's not right. going to be me talking to a legislator. It's going to be a series of people coming in saying that that's heightened. That's how legislators change their mind because. They, they they see an influx of people right. who come They don't across. even know what indeterminate sentencing means. They, they do. They don't. They and they don't understand <laughs> the draconian. I mean, this is one of the safest places in, in the USA to live. That's true. And yet we have the highest incarceration rates. We're in the top That makes no sense. It doesn't. None. It doesn't. So, yeah, we got, we got some work ahead of us. But yeah. you're going to help us do that, right? Oh, absolutely. That's I signed we, on. There you go. We, uh, I thank you so much for hanging out with us today and uh, we're going to have you back and I hope that you're a part of the team as we kind of go forward. Anything else we need to cover for you in terms of going forward? I think anyone listening um, who's just out of prison needs to understand that there's a huge community of people ready to wrap their arms around them and help them and that they should not, you know, it's just, it's just asking the right questions and keeping the right company and just staying positive. Just stay mm-hmm. positive. Don't let anything, you know, you did you did the work. Now it's time to live your life. Yeah, and I think too, I would add to that. The only thing I would add to that too is that it's what's in your heart. You need to find the the people to hang around that'll help you change that heart and to look deeply inside yourself in terms of your role and where you came from and fix that and then come back and talk to us and we'll help you get going on all that. Absolutely. Hey, I listen, it better. April, it was fun having you here. Thank you so much. Thank you for having you me. You alone have risen. You alone have saved us. You alone have rescued us from the grave. Glorious you reign now. All creation cries out. You alone are king. You alone have risen. You alone have saved us. You alone have rescued us from the grave. Glorious you reign now. All creation okay, cries out. Okay, we want to thank out. April. She's going to... She adds a dimension to what we do that uh, I don't know. And so it's absolutely fantastic that she gonna, she's going to help us. We're happy to have her a part of the St. Vincent de Paul family. If you want to get in touch with us, we're easy to do. www.systemicchangeofid.com is the webpage. You can email us at systemicchangeofidaho, at, all spelled out, Idaho, at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. You can even call us on the phone at area code 208 477 We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.